Welcome to another episode of Ambitious. You've become my uh, biggest fan. You listen to like every single one of my episodes. Yeah, I yeah, every Monday, the day after they come out. Do you like work. the do you like the podcast because it's actually good content or just because you know me so well because you're my brother? Well, I thought that it was just me, but um, <laughs> then I showed, or it was just because you were my brother. But then I um, showed it to one of my friends, and they think that it's really interesting, also. So, oh, cool! Yeah, it's not just because you're my brother. Nice. Welcome everybody to the podcast. I'm starting to do video as well because I'm going to try and put this on YouTube. So, oh, should I like position myself? So I can... Oh, we can. Yeah, we can sort of. See, there will be a video um, version of this on YouTube. Hope, hopefully, if I can get motivated and just start doing it. Yeah. So, so you reached out to me the other day. And you were talking about, <clears throat> I need like water. I forgot to get water. Do you need water? Uh, yeah. I'm going to grab maybe. some water really quick. And we're back. Okay, so it's definitely good to have water. So yeah, you reached out to me. And because you listened to the episode, the final thoughts during a suicide attempt episode with my friend Ron. Yes. And you said that you like related to a lot of what he was saying. Mm-hmm. And so for people who don't know you, give like a, a quick, brief introduction to you. Okay. Um, I'm Dyson Nephi Clough. Nephi is um, named after the one person who <laughs> did something in the Book of Mormon. And um, oh, I'm going with the middle name. Yeah. Um, I am the youngest of six siblings, and I have blonde hair, blue eyes. Uh, I don't know. Love what the visual. Else you want me to? No, that's great. Say. So, so you're my youngest brother. There's a 17 year split yes. between us. There's six total siblings. Mm-hmm. I'm 32, and you're 15. 15. Yeah. Nice. And. You and I both have a lot. I feel like we have a lot in common, mm-hmm. like with our, like the the medication that we're on. That's something that I'm really interested to talk to you about is your experience with Adderall. Yeah. And then, yeah, just like what you felt like you related to in that episode that I had with Ron. You were saying before that you, you had H1N1 and he mm-hmm. had that too. Yeah. So in the episode with Ron, you guys talked about like how he had h1n1 and he how he like i don't know if it was like he wasn't eating or something i'm not sure mm-hmm. but he like couldn't throw up but he was just like dry heaving on oh the... what is that because of h1n1 i think that was because of a surgery that he had where they had oh, to like that might have been it i not sure it was very technical he's a doctor so yeah that's true he that's yeah true. He, he's talked about a lot of stuff yeah but I, I don't know. That's just something that stuck out to me because I haven't heard of a lot of people who have had H1N1 and yeah. he did and so did I. So Yeah, it's not a fun sickness to have, I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what else did you did you relate to in that episode? Um, or any episode for that matter. 
Hmm. Well, I've texted you before about it, but I'm not sure. I don't want to go through back through the text. The lady who was uh, who was addicted to meth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. What was it about her? Um. I mean, I don't know. I think that. Well, the thing that you were telling me about Ron was that you related to him when he was talking about how he was compared all the time to other yes. people in his family. Yes, or that is friends. a that is a big thing. I because I feel like you being the oldest were kind of set as the example and like yeah. like the person for everyone to follow or like to the person for everyone to I don't know look to yeah look up to and like follow in your footsteps yeah and I feel like that's the opposite for me because I was supposed to look up to you guys all of you guys and I feel like I was always just supposed to kind of do what you guys did and then um just do just be the best that I can be which is I mean fair but (laughs) (laughs) fair but I mean I feel like whenever I wouldn't succeed at at something that you guys were specifically good at I feel like I'd be failing and Hmm. because I don't know I because in my mind how I feel like I was raised which is this is just how I kind of took it as like personally how I was raised was like I don't know if I keep on going to church doing the right thing then I will be good and be like how all I'm supposed to be but then yeah you'll make everybody proud and you'll be fine mm mm-hmm yeah, but then if I tried to do something other than what you guys were doing, or like, um, if I tried to do something of my own, it just didn't seem right because I was always raised from doing what you guys were doing. And then um, Braden left the church, and then you and Canyon did, and then I that, I feel like that's where things got complicated a lot. How because, was that for you? Well, I mean, I didn't really get it when Braden left the church because he was on a mission, and then he came home early, and then I was like nine no one wanted to tell me anything right I wasn't yeah old enough to understand anything in their eyes yet but um yeah I kind of I don't know I didn't really understand it because he came home from his mission and then not too long later he got a tattoo I remember that like specifically because mm. he he got a mountain on his chest yeah and I thought it was really cool but I was really confused because I didn't think that it was real because like oh that's bad that's not we're not supposed to do that yeah. and I didn't fully like understand that Braden was leaving the church and everything mm-hmm but so it was just kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at first it was, and so now that all of you guys have left the church, I'm my mom and dad are now telling me, like, saying that I shouldn't follow what you guys are doing. Oh yeah, which okay. I mean, I mean, it makes sense, but that's how I was raised from like birth to like what ten years old. Mm-hmm. when Brayden left the church mainly and um yeah I don't know I just feel like that's where things got complicated for me and I like wasn't sure what I was supposed to do because I was born to be a follower I'm the runt of the family so I'm supposed to just like learn after learn about you guys and what you guys do and like kind of yeah. build myself off of that but I don't know I feel like uh like a couple the past couple of years, I felt like all the all the good things were taken up because, like, you you're the photographer. You kind of are 
traveling. You do all your traveling stuff. And then Brayden yeah. is the outdoorsy person, but he's a home a homebody. Mm-hmm. He stays home, but he travels a lot. Or, I guess, like, explores a lot of different places. Yeah, he here. goes on hikes and stuff, but does everything pretty local. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you kind of do... What do you mean more when you say like that abroad. all the... What do you mean when you say that all the good things are taken up? Well, because, like, I don't know what to do. Because I'm supposed to build myself off of what you guys do. But I feel like there's just so many options. I don't know what I should do. Because you guys, hmm. like, Canyon is kind of doing his own thing. And um, kind of, I guess, still doing the same thing that I'm doing. Just finding Where does himself. that come from, though? Like, what what makes you think that you are supposed to like be like anybody well that's just how i feel like our family has been or at least how i've taken it how Mm. i've understood things because family is to be supportive supportive too and to take support when you need it and just kind of like i don't know just like their shoulder to lean we are a very tight-knit family for sure yeah that's that's very true we have all lived close to each other for um, a lot of most of my life. Yeah, all of our life, we've we've been very close emotionally, just uh, mm-hmm. um, demographically. Like we live all in the same town. Yeah, and is it is it difficult being the youngest? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ellie George with HomeQuest Realty. If you're in the market for a home in Southern Oregon or thinking of selling your home, I've been working with Ellie George with her marketing and can testify that she is a true pro in the industry. She has an amazing passion for real estate. She's been practicing for over 16 years, sells over 120 homes a year, which is absolutely nuts compared to the average agent only selling about eight When it comes to marketing, I've seen her go the extra mile to make sure her homes stand out and capture eyes nationwide and to net the sellers way more money in the end. She and I work together a lot on her higher end homes, creating videos that beautifully and thoroughly showcase the spaces and I've absolutely loved working with her. Mention the Ambitious Podcast and get a no cost, low pressure consultation. She'll help you with your real estate portfolio, whether it's your first home, investment, move up, or you just want to be constantly aware of your equity position. She's definitely who I would trust for my real estate advisor. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ammon Clough Creative. Ammon Clough Creative is a business specializing in photography, videography, podcasting, education, and content creation. Services include weddings, small business landing videos, corporate video and photography work, podcast production, product photography, brand exposure, one-on-one and group workshops and photo shoots in almost any capacity, such as outdoor or indoor, family, couples, or single-person photo shoots. For more information, go to ammonclough.com or check out ammonclough on Instagram at ammonclough. Um, because from my perspective, <laughs> I was given a lot more rules than you mm-hmm. are. Yeah, I... That's that's actually kind of what I was going to say because it's it's difficult to say yes or no because if I say yes, then you... Can, I say that. Then you have reasons this, to say that yours is harder, but it's like harder in a different way, like in a very, very different way because like I... I don't know when it was, but it was a while ago. I was talking to Brayden. I think it might have been back when he lived with us, but I was talking with Brayden, and I was saying that, like, yeah, being the youngest sucks because, like, everyone 
thinks of you as just like a child, no matter how old you are, and they don't want to like take you anywhere because you're always just the like the ball yeah. and chain that's attached to your ankle whenever right. you're the oldest sibling. So the youngest is always like, because I have to make. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I have to be. I have to stay close with my siblings, which is what my parents want, but they don't, my siblings don't always want me there. Mm. And if I tell my parents that, then I don't have a choice a lot of times. Hmm. Because like Canyon would be going over to a friend's house and then I would have to go with him. And I would be excited to go, obviously, because it's spending time with Canyon, but Canyon would want alone time with his friend and I would be... I would know that he didn't want me there. And so I'd just be like, okay, well, you're hanging out with him. I have nowhere to be, and I'm being forced to go with you. So you're just wanting to be accepted, but kind of feel like you're being left out by the people that you want to be accepted by? A lot of times, yeah. That's, yeah, mainly, yeah. When I was, like, growing up and stuff, that's what would happen. Gotcha. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's... I can relate to that a little bit with when I was in the fire service mm-hmm. being at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. It's natural for you to kind of feel left out mm-hmm. and you have a lot more work to mm-hmm. do and like you haven't experienced as much as everybody and everybody else already has these really strong bonds. They're smarter than you. They're older than you. They don't seem to really want you around because you're not viewed as cool yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but with a family, I feel like, well, with your situation specifically, I feel like it's slightly different because the things that people older than you want to do, you like legally can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's limitations in that regard. mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, if I, um, if I can't like, I don't know if. I lost my train of thought. It's okay. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> it happens to me all the time in this podcast. I'm like, what was I just thinking or about to say? So before we go down too far in that track, tell me more about what you related to in the episode with Ron. Because that episode was all about his struggles as a kid and then being compared to, but then also dealing with like suicidal ideation. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you have experienced? Suicidal thoughts? Um, well, sometimes, yeah. I mean, I feel like everybody does, but I feel like, because I, I am kind of hesitant to say that I have, because, um, a lot of people that I know personally are, like, going through things that are way worse than what I'm going through, and so I feel like I don't have the, like, the... The right to say that? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not allowed to, because they're going through something way worse than me, and... I don't know, because I always feel like they have a reason to say that they are going through something worse. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. I should just be quiet and just deal with it. Oh, yeah. Like, who do you know that's going through worse stuff? A lot of people in my kind of friend group. and They just have, like, a harder situation than you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're just naturally presented with harder situations. And I don't feel like I'm allowed to say that I'm not doing okay. Hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like you're not allowed to say that you're not doing okay. Well, I give you full permission on this <laughs> podcast. What kinds of things 
like if you could put all of that out of your mind and just focus on you and yourself, what kinds of things do you feel like you're not okay with or inside of? Um, well, that's another thing is because I don't always know. I might just be like feeling terrible and just like not wanting to be wherever I am and then not know why. And just like, cause if I'm like feeling down and I don't know why, then I always have to like slap on a smiley face just to mm. like for them to not ask because if I'm just like being normal and like just relaxed and like my normal face, they ask, "Oh, what's wrong?" and I don't know. And so you don't want to have to explain like, it. I just say like everything. I don't know because <laughs> like it's obvious. Obviously, everything it's not everything, wrong. but it's just like just these little things that just stack up. So you just don't know like what what is wrong or why you feel sad or down yeah because there's often like a couple things like a couple little things that like shouldn't really be a big deal Hmm. but just them together make it worse than they probably should be Hmm. and yeah yeah. i think that it's normal to go through seasons of just not feeling okay and not really knowing why i feel like that all the time where especially in the winter time here Mm-hmm. I'll be like, why do I just feel sad and down? There's yeah. not really like a reason. I just feel sad today. Mm-hmm. And there's like this constant need or desire to want to be okay and to search for something to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's true. I don't think that there's anything wrong with being sad. Mm-hmm. If it's just like something that's happening to you, it's just an emotion. Emotions come and go. Yeah. But yeah, I can, I mean, when I was, when I was your age or when I, or even younger, all growing up, as a matter of fact, I was always in the family, the first person to experience like a milestone, your standard milestones, like Mm -hmm. going to school. I was the first one to do that. I was the first one to turn eight years old and get baptized. First one to leave the house. I wasn't the first to get married though. (laughs) <laughs> oh really Caitlin got married yeah Caitlin you. got married first huh. I've always been curious about that I wasn't sure hmm. but I I don't know it's just I've never been the youngest mm-hmm. obviously and so I don't know what it's like yeah and I can if I put myself in your shoes I can see how you would just feel like kind of behind and mm-hmm. left out because everybody else all of us are out doing our thing living our life experiencing things we have all this freedom yeah and like I feel like just kind of comes with living at home still. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing because like I, I would sometimes complain to mom and dad about being like, I have nowhere to go. I have nothing to do. I, all my friends live in Ashland. We live in talent. I can't drive yet. All yeah. of you guys are away from the house and doing your own thing. And maybe that's just being a only child at the house. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like normally a lot of people have like, someone to go to or like something to do if they don't know what to do but well in the last episode you said that you were really introverted do you think that plays a role into it that is part of it yeah because a lot of times I just assume that people don't want to kind of be with me because growing up people were always or siblings were always just trying to get away because I was being forced to go with them, like with Canyon going to friend's house. I would, I was forced to go with him, and he would just, like, I understand where he was coming from, but I had nowhere to go. I had nowhere else to be. 
Yeah. I couldn't go anywhere else. I couldn't leave. So a lot of times I just figured that that's the same mindset now. So I'm just like, okay, well, naturally I'm the youngest. They wanted to spend time away from me. And Mm -hmm. that's a lot of times what I keep in mind before I text people because I don't want to get, I don't want to have people say no because that's never Mm -hmm. fun. And it, Never so you kind like of a opt to thing. just say nothing? Yeah, I just feel of... like it's better to say nothing or just keep hmm. to myself. Because you kind of figure you already know the answer, so yeah. why ask? Yeah. Because it's not fun to be, like, rejected. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Well, what about, like, your friends at school? Do you feel like you fit in? Yeah, with who I want to. Yeah, I kind of, I don't know. I feel like it's a lot of, like, what I do, like, subconsciously is, like, personality mirroring mm. and just, like, kind of going off their energy and just kind of seeing how they act and trying my best to act the same way yeah. or do Dude, yeah, similar. I did the same thing with my friends at school. You just, you're, like, trying to figure out your identity and who you are and who you want to be like. Mm-hmm. And with people that are introverted or passive or don't really have the confidence that those types of situations really favor Uh it can be hard and sometimes you'll just find i mean this is i'll speak for myself i would just behave or just try on different types of personalities of my friends that i liked Mm -hmm. i'll pick a piece from this person i like how they're funny i'll pick the person i'll pick a a portion of this person's personality because i think that they're really outgoing Mm mm-hmm and then I'm just like an aggregate of all these different people's personality. But mm. it's not really me, but it helps me to develop into who I am now. That's that's where I feel like I'm stuck at. Because I've kind of done that between my friends at school and my friends at church and my siblings. Because like I have been taken little bits and pieces of everyone. Mm -hmm. and kind of made it into myself, but I never had a chance to find out who I was in the process, so I feel like I'm just a mashup of a bunch of different people. Yeah. Because, like, like that's where I was going with the thing that I was saying in the beginning of the podcast, where I was saying, like, you are the, you travel abroad, you do other things, you interact with other people and, like, serve them by, like, doing what you like, like photography and everything. Yeah. And Braden kind of stays home and does photography because, or just does, like, kind of like film photography right and because he thinks that it's fun and like whatever and canyon is kind of doing his own thing i'm not 100 percent sure what all of canyon's hobbies are but (laughs) (laughs) like i we kind of grew up together and we were kind of doing our own thing and so i feel like i'm a lot more similar to canyon than i was to you because you were like on a mission, moving to Portland, going to Utah, when I was kind of growing up and everything, right. and Brayden was just leaving the house and everything. But, um, yeah, uh, I feel like I'm a just like a bunch of bits and pieces of each of you guys, and then now I'm kind of, since I don't have anyone else to kind of mooch off a personality, I'm kind of just doing that more with my friends at school and like mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, dude, who you hang out with is a big a big factor in deciding what you're going to like, what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But yeah, it's hard, man. I think that you're definitely not alone mm-hmm. in that. Everybody kind of goes through that in some way or another. It just looks different. But when you live in a small town and you're not really exposed to a ton of people, mm-hmm. it's hard to see that. The world yeah. feels pretty small here yeah. in Southern Oregon. <laughs> definitely does. <laughs> Tell me about... So you just started taking Adderall recently. Uh-huh. And how did that how did that start um like how did you know that you needed or wanted to take that well i felt like i've always been mentally challenged for a (laughs) while no not mentally challenged but i feel like i kind of have had um like adhd or add whichever one and i've always wanted to go to like a specialist or someone to talk about it and um I don't know why I haven't really said anything beforehand, but... uh, How long have you felt that way? I don't know, like, kind of just always growing up, because everyone's always, like, always saying that they, oh, yeah, I can do all this in a certain amount of time, and, like, just a bunch of, like, I can read this chapter in, like, 20 minutes. I'm like, it took me an hour and a half. So, like, do I have (laughs) dyslexia or something? Because I've noticed that the words on the page do, like, kind of move around a bit when I'm trying to read or like I don't focus on things as long as other people do or I focus on one thing for way longer than other people do Mm -hmm. or yeah it's just whatever the subject is it whatever the thing that I'm focusing on is just depends on so you just feel kind of uh different Mm -hmm. than the rest of your friends yeah I've always just felt like I don't know just like yeah separate so then you ultimately did get a doctor though, right? You talked to him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, not a specialist yet. I'm doing that tomorrow actually. Oh, to, cool. Yeah. First therapist session. So that's going to be fun. But your doctor did diagnose you with they, yes, something. I th- I'm, well, I'm not sure if they diagnosed me, but they did say that I tested positive for ADD and I'm not sure if that was a diagnosis or not, but. What did they have you do? They just had me fill out a survey or they did like a verbal survey and then they did like a written survey where I just oh, had okay. a pen and answer a bunch of questions. A bunch of, yeah. Just answer a bunch of things on it. Like a sheet. Is that all that you, they tested you for? Yeah. Well, I was, I went in there cause I was like not feeling the best, like mentally at the moment. And yeah, they said that I tested positive for anxiety and depression, but they also said that it could have been ADD. So they put me on Adderall to see if it was, and I feel like it was just ADD, or at least mostly just ADD, because I the Adderall has helped me focus a lot better and helped me kind of, <laughs> whenever I describe Adderall to people, I always say it's happy pills because it makes you like feel more productive. And I don't know, a lot of the reason why I felt like I wasn't feeling the best was because I wasn't being productive like in quarantine because mm. I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I could, the only thing that I could do was school. Right. I, <laughs> Nothing that you really wanted to do. Yeah, there's no no motivation because yeah. it's just, it's all online, so it doesn't feel real. Yeah, you're like, like, I finally have all this motivation, but I'm stuck inside. The things I can do, I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't have the freedom to drive anywhere because I don't have a car. Nobody really wants to hang out with me. Yeah. <laughs> so I would just, yeah, yeah like I would really assume that no one would, would want to hang out with me. I can't go to Ashland to hang out with friends because... Well, I can't drive, and mom and dad are off doing whatever they're doing. I don't know. Working. Yeah, working, kind of 
mom's planning upstairs or whatever. Right. But, um, sounds like you just need some attention. (laughs) Yeah. And that's another thing when people say, if, um, ask if being the youngest is hard, like, cause, um, cause I say like, yeah, I don't get attention from siblings. I don't, I don't have as many memories of growing up with siblings as right everyone else does and they say oh yeah but you have so many memories of mom and dad i'm like yeah but i don't those don't matter as much to me as the memories with siblings because the the grass is always greener yeah it's like they want more memories with mom and dad i want more memories with siblings and i don't know yeah it's all just different it's like just different experience it 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 feels like it's similar in a lot of ways but just looks different and you know like you experience this feeling of being behind Mm -hmm. with siblings i never really experienced that but i did with like coworkers in the Mm -hmm. fire service but i will say that i feel like i can relate to you a lot in the I mean, we're we're brothers, so we have a lot of the same personality yeah. traits. Mm-hmm. We understand, you know, what it was like at home. We understand yeah. what it was like at church. We came from the same parents. Mm-hmm. And so we have a lot of the same personality traits. And I feel like a lot of those got uh, worked out of me or, well... You grew out of them, sort of. I don't know. I A lot of them are still there. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I, I know how to work with them because of like just growing up because of the mission like going on a mission and having uh leadership responsibilities going and talking to strangers and like pushing myself challenging myself and then when i chose to join the fire service and you're expected to like you're the hero like when you show up on scene you're the person that you know has been called because it's an emergency Mm -hmm. like you're the you're the guy that has to save this like there's nobody for you to call Mm -hmm. and so i had to really set aside my insecurities i guess if i wanted to be successful Mm -hmm. i think that there's a decision point there when you're really when you're put into an emergency situation or something that feels like that where you can either choose to shy away from it and just to default to what you've always done or what you what feels more comfortable or more natural to you you can do that and then the experience is just going to be even that much more difficult mm-hmm. or you can choose to step into that or lean into the discomfort to being that leader to um or to performing that uh emergency technique or whatever it is to saving somebody's life mm-hmm. and then you learn that I don't know, it just gets easier and easier. There, We always have this, like, I don't know, whether it's shyness or a preconceived idea of people judging us. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be that. But then as soon as you can step out of that or just, like, stop caring about what other people are going to think, yeah, uh, it gets easier and easier over time. Yeah. So that's how I feel like I kind of grew out of it. And maybe I just have a different personality trait that helps me to be more outgoing i don't know i don't really know what it is exactly but Mm -hmm. that's just one idea i have yeah i feel like that that's 
like what you're describing in the fire service, I feel like in your explanation, I am the person in the burning building. Because, like, you were always raised to help us, help the younger siblings be an example. Um, just, like, make them be like you. Yeah, like, help make my siblings like and you. be the helper. Yeah, but then I'm, I was raised to rely on you, or, like, you guys, not you specifically. Look to your brothers, look yeah. to your sisters, like, mm-hmm. be more like this person at church, be more like your older brother who, I guess at the time, was making decisions that you know, you should have been making or should be making. Yeah. But then after, that's why I said it got I got more complicated because after that, after you guys kind of left the church and all left mm. the house at the same time, I was just a person in a burning building with no one to kind of put it out. Because mm. I... You didn't really know where to look anymore. Yeah, because I was raised to rely off you guys. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Like, it's like I'm in an ice skating rink, and I have that little walker thing. Mm. And then they take it before I'm ready. (laughs) Before you're ready to skate? Yeah, because, like, when you guys were ready, you did your thing. You went off, and you might not have been completely ready, but you were ready enough, so you figured it out. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready yet, Mm. and I was just kind of stuck. But being the youngest, like I was, I was told that kind of, that same kind of thing. Like if I had questions or needed help or an example, my mom and dad would tell me, look to this person or look to that person or look to your leaders. Um, like, I guess the point I'm trying to make, is there a way that you can help yourself? I can almost guarantee there is. (laughs) but I haven't found it yet mm. because I wasn't raised. I feel like I wasn't raised to kind of be prepared for that, or at least I didn't realize that I was supposed to be prepared mm. for that. Yeah. Well, I guess I can, I can definitely see that just confused. Like, okay, well, I was supposed to be following these people and now they're doing things that I'm not supposed to follow. So who do I look to now? Yeah. Like somebody come save me. I'm not ready to do this on my own yet. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. That sounds hard. So with these episodes that I've been putting out that you've been listening to, have you found other people that have struggled with the same things? Um. Well, I mean, like, uh, the episode with Ron, he was always being compared and everything, and I feel like that's kind of where my anxiety kicked in. Like, if I didn't succeed in a certain way or didn't do it the same way that you guys did, then it wouldn't be, judged. Be, it wouldn't be right and it wouldn't be oh, yeah. as good. And, like, if... Because if I made the choice to leave the church, then I would just be following after you guys. Mm. And Right. I it wouldn't be my choice it because I would still be following after you guys hmm. and yeah I don't know I feel like every decision that I have made as my own person I feel like could definitely be taken as something that was influenced by you guys or right my friends or something <laughs> yeah else but yeah because like yeah because I feel like every choice that I've made 
has just been subconsciously so it just appeared like to other people that you've just you're just like kind of following oh yeah well if i can tell you what that's like from my end Mm -hmm. it's a lot of pressure because i was always i always felt like i should be the example right i was told you're the example people are looking up to you you're the oldest so people will naturally look to you and so i just would i would kind of just make decisions based off of that voice in the back of my head like somebody's gonna see this so i should do the right thing and so instead of thinking what i actually wanted to do in that situation i would think about that voice who's gonna see this what are they gonna think how are people going to judge me? And so then I would adjust my behavior and my decision to fit into that uh, that narrative of what what did, what does the church want me to do? And so then I decided when I got divorced, I'm like, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to think that way anymore. Yeah. I'm just going to start from scratch. I'm going to think about what do I want to do. So I like wiped my entire slate clean. I was like, I don't, I don't want to go to church anymore. It wasn't because I was um, angry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was at certain aspects of the church, but I, it wasn't the reason why I left. Yeah, the reason was because I really wanted to, to start from scratch and to go to church and join the <coughs> church if it was something that I actually thought would be good for me and that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So when I left. I discovered that I actually was pretty happy with mm-hmm. it. I was I, I enjoyed the freedom and I enjoyed just being distant from it and uh, discovering who I, who I was. I felt like being distant from a structure that is so strict um, made it di- more difficult for me to make decisions that because I wanted to make decisions that were outside of the church's guidelines. Yeah. And it was just easier to do it outside the church. Call me weak. Call me whatever you will. That's just what I chose to do. Yeah. I feel and like... So, oh, so go ahead. Yeah, I feel like that's... It's... Uh, again, that's really similar to what I was going through because you were making these decisions on your own. And I feel like that kind of tightened the loop that I was trying to go through because I was raised to go through just to be go through the loop of just being a good person being in the church serving whenever i can doing doing whatever i can but if i didn't do that then it would be then i would be that one sibling or that one friend who yeah didn't who wasn't good enough who did this thing and now they're bad and now they're right. a bad person and but i feel like now that you guys are doing your own thing, I, it's bittersweet because I, now I, it's kind of a softer blow on mom and dad. Yeah. If I did, did the same thing that you guys did, but. Well, I mean, it's not that they like love you any less. It's just that they're a bit more like they're used to it. They've gone through it before. Yeah. They've gone through it before. They understand what to do about it. They understand how to react and that's good, but yeah. they could. How do you like, think Braden felt? Yeah, <laughs> being the very first one in the family to leave. Yeah, it was really hard. I can I could understand it through mom and dad because I would know how I would react if I saw mom and dad like that. And I don't know if he realized that they were 
like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of the how much of their like inner emotions they were letting Brayden see or understand. I think it's really brave of you to be able to say like I wasn't ready. I didn't have the skills, I didn't have the the right yeah. I don't know lesson or or just experience yet to know what to do. Yeah. Now that my I have these these two different examples like what do I do? Mhm. Yeah, I've talked about this on the podcast a, a bunch of times, like what that is like to be the example. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm on the other side of the of the religious fence, if you will, yeah, I have this pressure of influencing my other siblings, right? <coughs> and possibly possibly becoming a scapegoat. Like I just had an episode, I, I had a conversation with with Jesse on the podcast, yeah, about how I mean, you listen to it. Oh, wait, no, it hasn't come out yet. <laughs> Episode coming soon. It's coming out this Sunday from the time we're recording this. What's today? No, January 6th, 2022. Woo! <laughs> so, but um, Jesse thought at the time that Jasmine made that decision to drink mm-hmm. yeah. because of me. Like, she was following my example. Yeah. And he, he I was a scapegoat for him. Like, he blamed me for that. Yeah. And I'm I'm I was afraid that mom and dad were going to blame me if you ever left or if if anybody leaves I have to potentially deal with being scapegoated. Yeah, that's that's what I was worried about because if I felt like if I made my own decision as my own person, yeah. they would feel like I was being influenced by you guys or by someone in my school or by I don't know. Yeah. Like cuz if I made my own decision as my own person, as a conscious decision, whether good or bad, to in mom and dad's eyes, that they would blame someone, and I didn't want that to happen. But that exists on I, both sides, you know. Like if you leave the church, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's because you're following me or your friends or being influenced by you know fill in the blank. But if you stay, you're being influenced by the church or by mom and dad, mm-hmm. and whatever. Like it, maybe that's a good influence, maybe it's a bad influence. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The antidote to that, the solution, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is to think less about what other people will think and more about like, what do you want? What do you actually want to do? Do you want to stay in the church or do you want to leave? Like, what's going to impress you the most? Like, that's what I started thinking about was like, what would I think of myself if I stayed in the church? Yeah. Is that what I want for myself? Because if I stay, I know that I'm just doing it because it's what feels safer. Mm-hmm. And leaving is going to, everybody's going to have a different perspective, a different opinion. They're going to have a different reason why they think I left. Mm-hmm. But it was just, I knew that I was in the church because I'd always just gone. And it was easier. It was more comfortable. It was more familiar. And if I'm honest, leaving the church has been way harder than staying in the church even though I can make all these decisions that you, that people in the, inside the church say are easy or that are just fun. And, yeah. you know, I was, I was, um, guilty of it too. Like whenever my friends would leave the church when I was still in, I would be like, oh, yeah, now they're just probably going to go drink. They're just going to go follow the pattern that everybody else does. Yeah. And I would judge them pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And so I would just, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you, I guess you didn't really ask for, for my advice, but I would just, <laughs> worry less about whatever other people think it makes life so much easier because there's yeah. so much less pressure 
And the only person that's going to be with you forever is you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have tried to keep that in mind, but every time that I try to say, what would I want? Because no one, I, I'm the youngest. I have no one to influence other than Aaliyah and like the yeah. uh, nieces and nephews. Yeah. So, but I have no one to, I have no one to make an impact on. I don't, I don't have anyone to. Except for you. Do anything for, yeah, except me. But I never really fully discovered who I was because I always had you guys to, or like you yeah. and like the siblings and mom and dad to kind of mooch for my person, mooch off of for my personality while I was discovering that. And I, yeah. uh, like, again, I feel like I was kind of cut short because I don't know, I'm, I was at the worst age for that to happen to, yeah. to someone, but I don't know. Maybe I was just... talking to a friend of mine who his dad left when he was like a kid. Mm-hmm. And I think it was when he was nine. Yeah. He had a younger sister and then he just had to, his mom was a full-time, had a full-time job. His dad left, moved away, wasn't around anymore. And so he just had to be the man of the house at nine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it happens to people that are young, dude, like super young. Yeah. And not to like discount what you're feeling because your feelings are valid and they're, uh, they're unique to you. Nobody's mm-hmm. gone through exactly what you've been through yeah. in the exact <clears throat> amount of time and the age and with the background that you have. Yeah. Um, but you're definitely not alone and mm-hmm. there, you know, there's a solution out there. I don't really know what it is. But I feel like you'll figure it out. It feels it feels like you're really in tune with what's going on. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, and I, I and yeah, I don't know how to respond. But well, I'll, tell me, I'm I'm interested in what uh, Adderall feels like for you now that you've been taking it for a while. Okay. Do you notice it? Um, besides, like what you said, it being a happy pill. <laughs> and motivating you does it have any uh side effects negatively um well it impacts my appetite a lot i mm. can't eat it like like physically changes the taste of food it makes it taste bitter or like i don't know it like just kind of bland yeah it makes my it makes my mouth have that same reaction when you have like sour skittles or <laughs> like kind of like a sour bitterish food and i noticed like, that it gives me i don't know it, like makes me my mouth feel dry yeah that's also very true my water's almost gone already (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um yeah it uh it just kind of makes me less less introverted i think and it makes me talk more it's like i a lot of people that i uh, describe it to i i tell them that it it feels like having coffee like having like four cups of coffee Mm mm-hmm and like but without the jitters well yeah yeah without the jitters unless you take too much then you get the jitters or at least i have i've gotten the jitters like i've noticed that it kind of chills me out it'll chill me out but make me feel more happy and motivated and focused (laughs) but then when i was coming off of it i hadn't eaten anything because you just get so motivated and so you forget to eat yeah and you don't really feel like eating and then i would be like hangry and irritable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you get that too? 
Not really, because I already didn't really eat that much, because I, I don't know, <laughs> just never really feel hungry. But um, I, oh gosh, if I was still in quarantine, me taking Adderall would not have been a good idea, because I was already bored and had no motivation to do anything. But um, if, uh, since I take it now, um, I, I feel like it, makes me it doesn't make me more tired or like more chill and productive like you said it makes it like i said it makes me feel like i have like four cups of coffee in me Hmm. or just like way too much caffeine or something because i if i'm feeling tired i am not anymore it's like because one of the side effects of adderall is to make you or impact sleep Mm -hmm. and i feel like i don't ever feel sleepy on it yeah because i I it's like the exact opposite of how I feel when I am coming off caffeine. It's mm. just like I I don't know. I am just like yeah. super energetic and pretty much the same as caffeine, but with Adderall I like physically have more motivation to get things done. It's a lot stronger. I have more confidence to talk to people who I would normally kind of stay away from and Yeah, I feel that too. Like I don't know, but yeah, I more assertive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it helps with confidence and assertiveness. Like I, um, I come up with more ideas, more creative ideas. I have an easier time saying those ideas and not thinking about. It takes away that like second guessing that you do, where you're yeah. like, "Oh, what, yeah, what yeah. are you going to think? Is this going to be dumb?" I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I'm mm-hmm. just going to say it. Like it's not going to. Yeah, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, I feel like another random thing about Adderall, I feel like it makes me better at drawing. Really? <laughs> because normally I'm terrible at drawing. But just today I was doing uh, like a little comic project for my book that I'm reading in like humanities class. And it, I was, it might have just been because I had more self-confidence because of the Adderall or whatever, but I just felt like it was making me not, is bad at drawing. I don't know hmm. why I felt I, like that. I mean, that, I could but... see that just because you're more able to sit still and be focused. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I feel like that's another thing because normally I kind of lose my train of thought like yeah, now on the podcast. It's incredibly helpful for me with editing, like video editing, photo editing, stuff like that. Yeah. Stuff that takes a long time where you're sitting in one place. Same with me in like an essay or something. Because yeah. I completed like a five paragraph essay in like an hour. I feel like I don't really want to take it forever. No. No. Why not? Like long term. I don't know. I just feel like it's a it's an amphetamine. So it's... That's true. It's like... I have been doing research and, I f- and my doctor even said that it it long term can do like have detrimental effects to your nervous system and your brain chemistry. Like it literally changes who you are. Yeah. I'm trying to find a way to like harness the, the benefits and positive things that Adderall has shown me about myself Mm -hmm. and figure out how to continue those personality traits and, and whatever without it. Yeah. I don't know if that's, that's, that's I mean, I'm just, I'm telling myself that it's positive, that it's possible because I don't know, man, I just, I hate having to rely on a substance. Yeah. Having to take it every day and I I have the quick release kind, so I have to take it twice a day Mm -hmm. and um, 
I don't know, it is nice just being able to like have it right away. But I've noticed that a healthy diet and exercise and Mm -hmm. enough sleep and having a a set routine help to regulate those things that Adderall give me. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm eating shitty and I'm not sleeping and I'm not working out and and I don't have a routine set in place, I notice that my ADHD uh, symptoms are enhanced. Mm, Yeah. And so taking a pill is just like, oh, I can just live my life however I want. And I have this like button, a.k.a. this pill I can just take and just have the motivation that I want without having to work for it. Yeah. feels like, I mean, it's just my experience, folks. I know that some people need it, whatever. But for me, it kind of feels like sometimes I cop out. Yeah, I, that is very true. I've never really thought about it like that before, but I... Yeah, I, me too. (laughs) I wouldn't really want to take it forever, but I, yeah, the only way that I have really thought about it like that is because I always think that it's like, there's a slight chance where I do take it forever and I am just like slowly increasing my dosage until I'm like incapable of being like of functioning without it well did you hear on the episode with ron that he he's a doctor he he can like prescribe Mm -hmm. adderall he said that the most you can legally be prescribed is 60 milligrams per day is that a pill like a pill well no i think that you would just take that like take 20 milligrams three times a day or 30 milligrams twice Mm. a day i don't know if they make 60 milligram pills yeah i could be wrong but yeah that's true i so if you build up a tolerance and you get to that point where it's not doing anything, you're kind of out of luck. Well, yeah, but then you're at that situation where you can't legally get more. Oh, yeah. Then you just have but, to But you're stuck at this point where you can't, like, you can't, you're you not feeling it anymore because you have a high tolerance. So yeah. you can't, like, you don't feel the effects of it anymore. Yeah. And so you're just, like, stuck. But you can't get off of it because then you can't function. Right. Because you're so dependent on it at, the, at that point. Do you ever take breaks from it for a couple days or Um, a day? Well, I forget to forget to take it sometimes. Dude, I gotta pee. (laughs) Yeah. Hold on. Entertain the troops while I pee. Oh boy, I've always been nervous. This is gonna happen when we do another podcast. Okay. Well, um, hi. How are you guys today? It's um, currently um, seven thirty-six p.m. I just got off school. Uh, Well, work. Yeah, pretty fun. Hung out with some friends before my work shift started. I don't know. It was an enjoyable work day. No people yelling at me or screaming at me for not having their drugs on time. I work at a pharmacy. I'm not a drug dealer, I promise. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <sighs> Pretty productive day. Ooh, today I took 20 milligrams of Adderall in the beginning of the day. And then I took a quick release before I go to work, which is a 10 milligram quick release that I was prescribed to by my doctor. I didn't like do it illegally, but yeah, pretty fun. 20 milligrams in the morning, 10 milligrams of a quick release before I go to work. And then I am back, come back home and then I go to bed and then hopefully it doesn't affect my sleep. Wait, fill me in. Did you, did you say that you take breaks or you forget? Um, no, but I was just saying how much I take on a daily basis. Oh, gotcha. Um, but yeah, I, sometimes I forget to like a couple days in a row, but I mean, it's not like a 
week long break. It's just like a day or two where I don't oh, take yeah. it and then I take it again and then I'm just like, okay, this is how it feels with Adderall again. Do you really notice it when you forget to take it? Do you notice? Not really. I mean, I only really forget to take it when I'm just like kind of being, just like having a lazy day and just like oh, not yeah. doing anything. So I'm like, okay, well, there's no really point in taking it because I'm not doing anything important. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, sometimes I forget to take it and then I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I need like, I don't know, coffee. Yeah, I, my doctor told me not to really take too many breaks because that's, I don't know, taking it regular, regularly is apparently better. Yeah. I don't know. Some days I feel like I would like to just take it as needed. Yeah, that's kind of how my doctor was. They were kind of just like, taking take it how you need, like take a 20 milligram in the morning and then just kind of like take... A quick release if you feel like you need it but if you don't oh that's right you have the bother. you have the extended release ones huh yeah i have a i have let's so okay so i started on atomoxetine which is like a non-stimulant but it kind oh, of oh yeah for some people has the same effects of adderall it did not to me it sucked it made me feel like i was gonna throw up for like eight hours <laughs> i yeah i there was no way out of it that whole day that i took it i was just like sluggish all day sick. i didn't i don't think i had school oh no i did i had school and i was just like feeling like i was gonna puke all day like just a terrible day at school yeah so didn't take that anymore and then i got the 10 milligram quick release adderall and that wasn't mom like breaking him in half too yeah i was supposed to cut him into quarters oh so take and two and we, a half yeah so we Wait. did took two two and a half yeah, milligrams half. for like the first week but then um, I had another doctor's appointment that week, and they raised it to five, so mm. half of the 10-milligram quick-release okay. pill. So you started small and just kind of worked your way up yeah, and working I, with your doctor. Yeah. That's smart. Mm-hmm. And um, Now you found a then, pretty good schedule. Yeah, kind of. Um, after the five-milligram, we kind of gave, gave me a 15-milligram extended, extended release, uh-huh. so I would only take it once in the morning and then it would last like five or six hours throughout the day and then they gave me the next week they gave me the 20 milligram which i wish i could try those extended release ones man i think that i would like those i hate having to take it twice a day do you know why you can't i don't think it's that i can't my doctor just didn't really want to do that he said that those make it harder to like I mean, he always used an analogy of a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're up on Adderall and then you're down. And yeah. taking an extended release would make it harder to regulate the up and downs. Hmm. But I don't know. That seems wrong. Yeah, I, <laughs> it, um, I, I guess it kind of makes sense. But I feel like it would be easier to regulate because if you're taking it once a day, then it would just be you'd be on Adderall all day and then you'd kind of go down but then for me I take an extended release before I go to work so I kind of start going down off Adderall and then I take another another quick release sorry and then it kind of takes me through the last little leg of the day and then after that I'm kind of it wears down at the same time that I'm going home from work and then I just yeah naturally get tired get hungry and then go to bed so on a regular day are you how how much time would you say that you spend thinking about what other people are thinking of you? 
before I was taking Adderall, like 80% of the day. And now how much? Um, Like 30. Because, mm. I mean, before I was taking Adderall, I, I don't know. I felt like I was like, what other people were telling me, I felt like I was super like self-conscious and like, I don't know, just hard on myself. But then a lot of like I started listening to your podcast and then people said that they kind of felt the same way and but they were kind of found their way around it and like yeah. found a way to not feel like that anymore and um I I I don't know I feel like I kind of took those thoughts and everything into consideration and that was just about when I started taking Adderall and so I kind of just like cuz there's always that stereotypical uh, don't care what anybody else thinks of you. Like, yeah. Yeah, but... You kind of have to I, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> like I need to save my dignity. I yeah, need to yeah. like still have self-standards and stuff like that. But I mean, I don't know. The Adderall kind of helped me um, feel better about what I was doing. And yeah. like not... Yeah, like it didn't just make me not think about what other people were thinking of me. They were. It kind of just helped me like think about it less yeah just like not think about it as much altogether yeah what kinds of things do you uh like what do you want to do with like church do you want to go do you want to stop going well lately i haven't been going because i it's hard to explain it's like not the it's not the doctrine that they're teaching it's the way that they do it and the way that people react if you don't do 100 percent what the church is doing because like in utah i feel like it's a lot more diverse like a lot of people drink coffee and go to church and they're viewed as like fine. oh yeah like there's a lot more gray area but in here here in oregon especially in the ashland ward i feel like at it's least, black and white yeah it's like you yeah yeah black and white completely black and white because you do it or you don't because like you if you drink coffee then you're like so terrible mm-hmm. in the ashland ward mm-hmm. and you can't like you're never as good as other people and you even if you even if you stop drinking coffee even if you com- come completely clean of anything like negative that you were doing you're still not as good as the other people because they never did it they never even tried it they never even like thought about doing it but if you do it once then you're just completely screwed in this uh, that's how it feels that's how yeah that's how i take it that's how that's how me i personally take it and that might just be like I don't know, just overthinking or like anxiety or something because I've had meetings with the bishop and everything and he's told me that's not how it is. But I mean, you can, it's easier said than done because like you say that's not how it is and like how we're always going to be accepted in God's eyes. But like it's it's not yeah. as easy to see if you... It, it's hard to be told that by a person that's that appears so perfect yeah 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 yeah. like all right cool but nobody in this whole congregation seems to be struggling with anything yeah that's a problem that i have with high demand religions is that Mm -hmm. and just society in general like it doesn't just exist in mormonism it exists like you've heard the term keeping up with the joneses 
Hmm. It's like this term. Too young for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, basically what it means is you see your neighbor and they've got the boat and they've got the fifth wheel and the white picket fence and Mm -hmm. the perfect dog and a pool. And so you, when they go out and they buy the next thing, you Mm -hmm. want to go out and buy the next thing, assuming that your neighbor, their last name is Jones. So you're always going out and doing the thing to keep up with the Joneses next door. Yeah. And that kind of, that exists because nobody talks about like what's actually going on. Mm -hmm. You don't see their debt. (laughs) Yeah. You don't see their debt. You don't see all the things that they want to buy, but can't, you don't see. and, and, And going back to the church example, you wouldn't believe how many people inside the church have struggles. Yeah. And it's one thing to say that, Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, but everybody has problems. Everybody's struggling with something. You just you would never know. I'm like, why don't I know? Why can't I know? Yeah, why it. don't we talk about it? Why doesn't anybody speak about the one time that they drink coffee and how it was for them and the guilt that they felt? Why don't we talk about the mistake that we made more openly? Mm-hmm. Because every time I make a mistake, I feel like I'm the only one. Why is that? Yeah. And then it feels like I'm going to be judged and I... I don't even want to bring it up because it's so embarrassing. Yeah, that's that's another thing is because like the the church covers everything up. They they say, "Oh, you can't do this for a bit and then you're good. You can do it again." But then Wait, what do you mean? Because like if you I don't know, if you do something really bad, then they make you not be able to take the sacrament for a certain amount of time. And then oh, you're yeah, good like to a, go. You're good back, and then you're good to like go. Like your punishment for a while? Yeah, and then they're like, okay, yeah, you're fine. Your sins are forgiven. But no one ever sees you the same. Because they say like, oh, you're, yeah, God God forgives you. He, he, he forgot your sins. They're washed off of your skin. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but they're like... But everybody no one, else seems yeah, to remember. Everyone else, everyone else seems to remember it real well, and they haven't. Like I don't know. Yeah, there are people out there like that. Not everybody's like that. Thank God. There's a lot of people who <laughs> are very forgiving and very understanding. Yeah. And to be honest with you, that's what I am trying to do with this podcast. Like mm-hmm. I'm trying to normalize people talking about their issues. Yeah. Relationship struggles career struggles substance struggles like whatever it is you should rename the podcast we all suck (laughs) (laughs) we all suck a place for problems yeah because i don't know i have a lot of people that will reach out to me and say that i felt the same way inside the church or i felt the same way as you but nobody ever talks about that or Mm -hmm. because the conversation you had with this person it helped me and my relationship talk more openly about this struggle or this issue yeah that's that's um, another reason why I listen to the podcast because I always take into what take into consideration what you guys all talk about and like just like I don't know I yeah. just take your mistakes and make them into my wisdom and just dude kinda... that's awesome that's exactly what it's for and yeah. it's not meant to be this place where we come and just complain about our problems yeah it's a place to come and talk about your problems and complain if you want to yeah just say whatever you want but then also to provide you know, like awareness around the thing or to help mm-hmm. somebody to feel like they're not alone or to offer a solution. Yeah. And sometimes these conversations are hard. They're emotional. It's difficult. You get scared. You get nervous. You're afraid to be judged. Yeah. But yeah, you can just come here and listen and then hopefully take something away. Yeah. So before you judge everybody out there, 
think about your own problems first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. But that's, I mean, it's it's interesting to hear about your unique problems as, um, you know, being the youngest. Yeah. Do you have yeah. other friends that are the youngest? Um, I don't think so, no. Do you know anybody else who's the youngest? I don't think so, actually. That would probably be a good thing to do is like to f- find a friend or somebody. If anybody out there is the youngest, Dyson's <laughs> phone number is 541. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to have somebody to, that you can relate to or is like, yes, I feel yeah. like the exact same way and just to feel validated. Yeah. But, would I validation mean, feel good? Well, I guess one of my friends is the youngest, but I mean, they're all, they all have siblings that are closer to their age and they're still close to their siblings. Not, oh. not, not that we're not close, but we're, they like live together and they're like, have they like, again, they still have that shoulder to cry on whenever they need to. They yeah. have someone to call to whenever they're stranded at nighttime in the Ashland Plaza at 2 a.m. Right. <laughs> and it's not really easy to like, I mean, you could say like, oh, just go talk to your parents. Like they'll support you, but it's, it's different. Yeah. To talk to a friend or yeah. somebody who's closer to your age. Yeah. Because your parents are going to love you no matter what. <laughs> yeah. but Which has been so true for our parents. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. That's very, very true. It was difficult for them to, to see all of us go through that transition. But yeah. I will say that I feel like the foundation of love has always been there. Mm-hmm. And even though they didn't they don't always agree or support my decisions Mm -hmm. i definitely feel like they've always supported me as a person yeah i feel very fortunate yeah i feel like that's where that's a another thing where mom has taught dad a lot in that because dad grew up kind of the same way that you did because everyone grew up doing exactly what the mormon church said and everyone grew up like exactly what the rules in the Mormon church were. But now that people are leaving the church and that uh, um, not everything is perfect mm-hmm. or yeah, uh, dad is kind of, or at least in the beginning, they were kind of like, he was not like, what sure. is going on? Yeah. Because he, he was raised like to be perfect and he, he damn near succeeded yeah because like he's he, pretty good yeah yeah and he yeah did really well with everyone that he raised too but again that's kind of another thing because like with the standards yeah i feel like if i'm not good enough if not if i'm not as good as dad then i'm not good it was hard to live up to to my interpretation or my perspective of dad when mm-hmm. I was a kid, because from my perspective, he was like what you're saying. He was just so perfect. Mm-hmm. He was the, the Mormon version of like Superman, mm-hmm. what everybody wanted to be like. He was the guy that everybody liked and he was the perfect example. Yeah. And, um, I wanted like a more real relationship with him because he was always saying like everybody struggles. Yeah. Like just because it doesn't seem that way, everybody's going through something. And yeah. so then I would say, okay, what are you going through? Like, tell me what, what you struggle with. And he just had a really hard time telling me about those kinds of things. And I don't yeah. really know why. Yeah. I think it was because, this is just my theory. I feel like it was because he wanted to be viewed by me 
yeah as like the perfect man because he wanted to impress me he wanted to make he wanted to make me proud yeah i think i mean that's what i think i would be like if i was a dad i want my kid to think i was awesome and perfect yeah never did anything wrong i feel like that's kind of what dad was going through too and going all the way up the family tree but he his with his dad from what i can remember which is not as much as i'd like to admit because he he well he yeah he died when i was like he was in 2014 so like eight i was eight years old oh yeah grandpa yeah and so dad i feel like always viewed his dad as like uh the perfect person be and i feel like he dad wants to be viewed as is that same way too but he right i can see that yeah just makes it so hard when nobody talks about reality Mm -hmm. the reality of what you were struggling with yeah. Whether it's because it's embarrassing or you're trying to uphold an image or you want somebody to view you a certain way, whether it's your own kid or somebody in the church or your friend at work or whatever, mm-hmm. it makes it hard. And I'm not saying that it's easy, whatever, but I'm saying that we should do it. I'm saying that we should talk about the things we struggle with, Yeah. with the people that are close to us, with anybody. Like I do it publicly. I don't even know who listens to this. <laughs> and I talk about my yeah. issues. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it does feel like I'm just hanging out my dirty laundry to be judged and to be seen and it is uncomfortable but but it opens up i don't know i it starts the most deep and meaningful conversations of anything that i do anything that i put on the internet i'll I'll say that with anything that i put on the internet this podcast is the thing that sparks the most meaningful and fulfilling conversations for me Mm -hmm. yeah i yeah, I understand that a lot because on like Instagram and everything, people have like these cookie cutter lives, and they like. Yeah. I don't want to be saying that because we're one to talk, but. Like, no, but you're they, right. It totally <laughs> is. People just post their best side. Yeah, they best... post. They post their best moments, and they, they like only show the best of them. It's like a like the YouTube compilations, best of whatever, yeah, and like the best of 2021, whatever, and. I don't know. I feel like that's another thing. I feel like my anxiety kicks in. I don't feel like I can do that because I don't have the best times. I haven't posted on my Instagram in like so long. (laughs) Is that why you don't post? I maybe subconsciously. I'm not sure, but that's sometimes kind of what it feels like because like they're all posting like these interesting things that they go to because some people are going to like Costa Rica for winter break or something. Yeah. And I'm over here like, what do I have to post? I stayed inside, played video games all break. What am I? What am I supposed to say? Yeah. What, do, how, what do I have to compare? True. And a lot of times, that's again the same thing that happens in the family because, like, I don't, I don't have anything to oh, yeah. compare that'll stand out or be new. We're all sharing special. our like best moments and yeah. birthdays and the things we've been learning and mm-hmm. doing, and it's also like cool i just bought this new car i got this new job i got this new camera i got this new client and you're like i beat level two in (laughs) fortnite (laughs) forgive me i don't know anything about fortnite yeah yeah that's yeah it's really and i actually meant to say minecraft (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, i feel like what a noob (laughs) yeah a lot of times that's where that's what i feel like because when I'm thinking of who I am as a family member and as a sibling. I'm thinking of like what specific like achievements have I made and what have I done that's paying off and everything and I'm mm. 
I feel like a lot of times I forget that I'm still working on the things that will pay off later. Oh. Because for you guys, you're, everything that you've done is paying off now. It's like still, everything is like still paying off for you and everyone. And we're, we're all still kind of figuring it out, but... I did not feel that way when I was divorced. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's how I viewed it. Because like, yeah, you got divorced and it sucks, but you totally landed on your feet. Sure, you lived at your parents' house for a couple months, but like you yeah. totally landed on your feet. You land, you landed in a super nice house. You like this place? Yeah, it's super cool. <laughs> My it's little barn? Like, such a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I don't want to sound like a hippie saying vibe, but like it's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, but it's all relative. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I compared myself to the people that I look up to. Yeah, you compare yourself to dad and he's got like some $250,000 house with like a trailer and a Yeah, nice that car. or like other friends of mine or people on Instagram. <laughs> if I compare my current situation to the people that I look up to mm-hmm. on Instagram, I would just get depressed. And I do a lot of the time. <laughs> I actually do. it. it uh, I have a friend on Instagram who I look up to quite a bit. And mm-hmm. every time I watch any of his videos, I get like, I have that feeling of like depression and like, I'm yeah. not, I'm not good enough. I don't, I'm not working hard enough. Yeah. And that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel, I definitely feel how you're feeling just because <laughs> I feel like everything that you say that you're feeling with your, like with like coworkers and people on Instagram and like people you've worked with. I feel like I'm doing, I'm going through that same thing with family and Mm -hmm. I have felt like that my, or felt like that a lot of recently because like you guys are going through your things and sure you guys go through sucky things and I see that and understand that. But from my perspective, I don't see the, the impact that it has on you i just see how you recover like because dad like i said he has a big house like trailer and everything but you don't realize that he has been working a nine to five since he was like for his entire life since he was 18 like never taken a sick day at his current (laughs) job like ever yeah dude he's been working at his current job for 12 plus years yes and five sometimes six days a week i don't think that he has taken a sick day 10 hours a day yeah probably not he has one he has a total of i think seven days of like vacation days that he saves for a family reunion in november like the very (laughs) end of the year and even if he's every few years that it happens yeah even if he's sick he still just powers through and does it and when we were kids we used to um so you know family home evening Mm -hmm. um all of us would there was a, a section of family home evening. I'm not sure who started it, but it was like a, like a, I don't remember, I don't remember what we called it, but one of us would stand on the table and then we would like say this cheer. I can't remember the cheer off the top of my head either. <laughs> oh, the tough cluff. Like, no, it wasn't that. That was no? different. That The, the tough cluff chant was like a, our <laughs> own little family song that we had our little motto yeah. to like, family spirit whatever (laughs) but we did this there was a portion of it we'd have like a prayer and then a song and then um you know family business because there's so many of us like this is what this person has going on this week and whatever and then we'd have the um recognition moment where you get up on the table you got to stand on the coffee table above everybody else and um they would 
everybody would like chant your name and like scream and yell and celebrate you. <laughs> and then we would, you would say something that you did that week that you were proud of. And then everybody would like clap their hands and like, you know, high five you, whatever. And then you'd jump off and it was, it was like the greatest thing. I loved being recognized. <laughs> but we would do it for everybody. Like, um, like each person, every, family. no, it was just like, if somebody that week accomplished something that was worth, oh. you know, that was noteworthy of some kind. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we do multiple people, mm-hmm. but it was like, whatever, like Ammon turned six and like, you, I would just jump off the table, everybody's <laughs> screaming or Kaylin got an A on her test. And then, you know, whatever that was just like small, simple things like celebrating the small moments. And I haven't thought about that in a long time. I feel like that was a really good thing to like, mm-hmm. um, you know, boost my self-confidence or, or whatever, like boost my self-worth for having accomplished something. Yeah. And I always would consciously throughout the week try and do something that was noteworthy so that I could get that recognition. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I can see how that kind of made me feel like my worth was based off of the things that I could do. Yeah. Rather than just... Ammon is awesome because he just exists. Woo! Yeah, Ammon. Like, I would just jump yeah. just for nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. It's just a thought I had. Yeah. That's... I feel like I'm completely the opposite because I would, like... I would get, like, a freaking D-plus on a test and then mom and dad would be like, oh, good, you, d- you did your best. I'm like, yeah, but maybe you should, like, challenge me or help me get better because... It's mm-hmm. it's cool that I did this thing, but I mean, I all of my friends are getting like so much better, so many better grades than I am, and I'm over here just stuck in the dust. Yeah, but while I mean, it was doing. You know, everything. there's other things that we can celebrate about you. It's not just grade based. Yeah, like yeah, you're good at other stuff true. besides school, right? But, yeah. <laughs> Name four things. You're good at uh, riding your scooter. I don't do that. I haven't done that for like two years. Well, you used to be really good at that. Mm. You're good at video games. That's not something to be proud of, though. Yes, it is. Are you kidding me? Not unless I went like professional, but dude, I'm not even like bullshit. Like, dude, friends, the, the dude. world is going to be, I think, so digital in the future. Yeah, but video games, like, I'm playing Halo, man. Like, that's not going to be. That's okay. You're not going to be like trading out spreadsheets from playing halo yeah like, but that's not what i mean i'm talking about like the metaverse that's yeah that's yeah like you're gonna live inside of a computer probably <laughs> or your yeah. kids will maybe one day but. i don't know man i think that achievement is achievement regardless of what it is any category doesn't matter it's something that you are interested in it's something that you put a lot of time into and just because you don't get the recognition that you would like maybe subconsciously from your parents or from your friends or siblings doesn't mean that it's not worth celebrating. Like sometimes um, I will get a sweet client that I've been working towards or um, I'm trying to think of a specific example. I can't off the top of my head, but I'll do something that I know I was really trying for and I will just go celebrate by myself. Mm -hmm. Like I'll take myself out to dinner or I'll buy myself something. I don't do very often, um, but I, I don't know. I think that just like Buy a new camera. Igno- yeah, like for Christmas I bought myself a $2,500 camera just because I wanted it and I and I did better this year than I'd ever done in my whole career. It's like, you know what? I'm going to buy myself that camera and there it is right there. <laughs> I love that thing. Yeah. 
but yeah just like celebrate yourself if nobody else is going to do it for you yeah but i mean i i felt like that yeah yeah that's very true i yeah i'm trying to form a sentence i feel like mom and dad have been doing that with me my entire life doing what or like celebrating me mm. so that i re- haven't really had to but um, hey dude do you, do you realize how many christmas presents you got yeah you get you are yeah, so yeah. spoiled i know and that yeah that's what i was talking about earlier when i when i look at your life and i'm like god i wish i was the youngest like it looks mom and dad are so easy on you from my perspective mm-hmm. like you can just like hang in your bed play games and i know this is probably not fun for you to hear yeah but like no it yeah it makes sense i i completely understand where yeah. you and all of my other siblings who have said that like where yeah. all of you guys are coming from in saying that but like that then again it's the same thing from like the opposite point of view like you guys are doing something and so i want to do something like that and mom and yeah. dad think that it's just because you guys are doing it and right that's the only reason like it's not something that i chose to do and like back to what i was saying like the the because mom and dad get me so many things when i get myself something that i'm proud of and like i acquired myself i feel like it's easy for a lot of people like siblings included and friends and everything Mm -hmm. to view it as just something that my parents got for me like because because everyone views me as like some like spoiled yeah which yeah i am compared to how you grew up but they were when mom and dad were younger they were not like i don't know they didn't have the same they weren't in the same situation that they were now yeah they had less money yeah but like and i don't resent you at all for that by the way no yeah yeah i i understand that but like every time that i like because i got a, I got two jobs. I right now I have two jobs while being in high school, yeah. and I feel like I'm working really hard for that. But a lot of times people say, "Oh, you have that job because it's your it's at your dad's store, and it's not like a real job because it's at your dad's store." And like, dude, talk to Donald Trump. <laughs> All of his money came from his dad. <laughs> That's okay, <laughs> but um. And the other job that I have at the pharmacy, I was talking to them while you were in the bathroom, um, the job at the pharmacy, it's my friend's dad's job. And yeah. like, yeah, sure, okay, but I, I, I don't know, I want to be celebrated for me doing something that... You got without could, having a, an in. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, I, I spoke myself out, which is especially hard for people like me right who like i don't know have anxiety about things like that like it's uh, people saying no what would that something be like what's something that you could do that you would feel really proud of getting a car and like building it myself well not myself but like having i don't know like just doing something myself or doing i don't know a lot of times it's not even a big thing it's just like a little thing that's special to me that no one else really realizes is mm. special to me. Yeah, dude. Because I love that. The car was just an example because like there's a lot of other things like the scooter thing. Like I would do like a double tail whip off a jump. And nobody was around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they would be like, Oh, that's cool. 
and they like wouldn't even know what it is. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, thanks for mm. trying. Yeah, like, but, but I, mean, I like, think it's cool, and I did it. Yeah, and I'm proud of myself. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's. <sighs> I'm realizing now that like for me, nothing was good enough for me when I was growing up because like the scooter, I would do a double tail whip, and then people would be proud of me, and then I would like try something else. But then if I would do something that would, like, to me and compared to everyone else would be, like, okay, that's not, like, that's not very cool. Are you saying that you have high standards for yourself? Um, Well, sometimes because I feel like, yeah, I have, like, high standards for certain things and then low standards for other things because, like, uh, compared to other people, I'm doing something that's, like, their their like that is their maximum potential and i'm like okay that's really cool i'm doing what they can do like their maximum potential like taking good pictures and having you say that they're good is like the coolest thing oh yeah yeah but then like getting like a d plus on a test while all of my friends got like b's and a's and mom and dad are still like oh that's so cool it makes it feel like it's not genuine Mm. and like it's not real because they are just going off of like what you guys did they're like they've already and if i like am doing something for me and doing my own thing they are yeah i hear you yeah it's the positive and the negative because they, I've only had the positive happen to me, which is obviously super cool. But at the same time, I feel like I was, because of that, I w- was raised weaker, I guess, than you guys. Because you guys had to deal with the negative and you had to go through the dirt and figure hmm. things out as you went along. You had to discover it for yourself and do things for yourself but i grew up with those footsteps already in the snow Uh, so i didn't really have to do that and so i grew up just used to having people already have their life figured out and then i could just be like oh that's cool i'm gonna do that and then they're uh, like oh yeah yeah do that they're doing that and so you can do it easier i gotcha and like i am grateful for that but a lot of times i want my own challenge hmm because I, I don't know, people say that my life is so easy and like, yeah, cool, it is. But I, a lot of my challenges would be a piece of cake to you guys and like yeah. wouldn't be nearly as difficult because I never had the training that you right. guys had and I never, hmm. I was never able to do what you guys did and that at the time you did right. because it's all different. I've never thought about it like that before. That's a really interesting perspective. Hmm. Like the, um, like the family, the family, uh, like videos that you used to make, Mm -hmm. you guys would all be in there and you guys would all be like having a great time and like doing your own thing and like at like grandma's house and you guys would be like playing on a tire swing or something. Yeah. And it would just be like some small thing like that. Like you guys just as kids doing your own thing, like having fun. Like, even something as basic as that. It's like, I never had that. Like, you guys had that, and, like, it might just be because I'm, like, just jealous for not having something as simple as that. But yeah, 
I don't know, because I feel like I get everything that I want from my parents, and to you, that's all you guys see, but I never get what I needed from my siblings that's clear that you guys always had, because mm. you had, like like I said before, a shoulder to cry on, someone to talk to, someone to right. be there for you that wasn't your parents. Yeah, like a best and friend always there. Yeah, all I had was, I tried that, I tried having a sibling like that, but they would never want me around. They would always mm. want me to go away or like, I don't know. They would never want me there. Yeah. They would always be pushing me away. And that's just how hmm. I, how life was. Dang, that's up. so sad. <laughs> yeah. I never really, I mean, I, I guess I did think about it sometimes. Like, I wonder what that's like, you know, but yeah. What do you have like a, a, a solution or a thought of like what, <laughs> what could be done i mean i just wait till i grow up because <laughs> hmm. i about, mean that's what about how it's kids been. what about kids who grew up without any siblings ever like just an only child well yeah but they that's kind of like what you were doing you grew up in is it as an example but they grew up without needing to be an example so they grew up like you and like me because they that at least how I viewed it is they grew up like carving their own path, but they also grew up not making it their own path instead of the best path Hmm. for who was, whoever was younger. I can see that, but they, they grow up that way until they don't, you know? What do you mean? Like you walk in the footsteps of whoever's ahead of you, Mm -hmm. like talk about siblings yeah. Brayden walked in my footsteps up until he wasn't anymore. Mm-hmm. And then he blazed his own path. Yeah. And did it even though it was hard and off the, the path that uh, the family was supposed to walk. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Kaylin and all of them. Like everybody did it that way. Mm-hmm. And I see your point and it is really sad. Uh, what's coming to my head is like, it's like wanting a relationship with somebody who doesn't want it with you. Yeah. And all of us had the relationship that you always wanted mm-hmm. because we were just closer in age. We were, you know, I guess just that. We were just closer in age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and vice versa. You guys always had what I wanted. It's just like, yeah, like I, like like the common expression, the grass is always greener. Right. Like I said that earlier because, I mean... It's cool when you have, like, when your parents have no one else to take care of you, but it's also not as cool because your parents have no one else to focus on but you, and sometimes you want to have some time to yourself. You want to have... Independence and privacy. Yeah, you want to have, yeah, independence and privacy, but they don't know what to do because, like, mom and dad... Mom had a child when she was, like what 18 or 19 19 and so they now that they don't have children they don't know what to do right so they're like they, holding on to you because you're the last one at home so they're trying to soak up all the last yeah. moments before their empty nesters yeah they're trying to, to they're trying to like rediscover who they are without kids yeah they're trying to wring all of the child out of me that they can yeah until they can't anymore which i mean i understand like you've been you've been had you've been doing something with a child in mind since for like what 32 years me yeah no 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 them oh yeah yeah they've been doing 
something with a child in mind. Right, ever since I was as, born. Yeah, for as long as you've been alive. Right. Which, yeah, which is a long time. And so they're trying to get reused to kind of being young again. And I feel like that's what kind of what mom is doing mm-hmm. because she's like being a kid again. She's like drinking, yeah. doing all the things that were like terrible, terrible things to do when she was a Mormon. Right. Or when she couldn't, when she was younger. And, or j- even things that weren't even like out yet, like VR and stuff. Cause she's right. like so into just stuff like that. She's just like acts like a kid whenever she does things like that. Yeah. And it's super awesome to see him like that. But then a lot of times it turns to me and they still view me as like a nine year old. Mm-hmm. And so, because I'm always the baby of the family and everyone views me like that, which I don't know. They Canyon's still 11 in my head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if Canyon's 11 in your head, what am I? Like four. four? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Because I feel like even when... You used when... to change your diaper. <laughs> yeah, well... Made a lot of money off your shit. <laughs> Mom would pay me a buck of poop. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah. Um, I think that you ha- that um you just gotta do the thing that you want to do like just pick the thing the trail like pick the direction that you want to go even if it's a direction that somebody else has already walked in yeah one of us i'm trying man but it's, it's just... hard i'm not saying that like you need to have it figured out right away yeah or that you're going slow or whatever i'm not saying your timeline is wrong mm-hmm. i'm just saying that uh, whenever your time is right and when you have the courage and it feels like the right thing and it's what you want, mm-hmm. um, just have the courage to do that. And regardless of what anybody else says or whatever anybody else mm-hmm. thinks, or if somebody else has already taken that path, it doesn't have to be a new path. Yeah. I feel like that's what I was trying to do when, uh, you and Canyon kind of left the church at that point because when Braden did it, I was like, I was, it was okay because I still had other people to kind of lean on and talk to and who were kind of going and doing the same thing that I was. But Mm -hmm. then like, like I said earlier, I wasn't ready when the rest of you went because then I was midway through discovering who I am between the cracks of you guys. Right. And who I like the most, like who I want to be, mm-hmm. like which which type of me that I want to be and which one's my favorite. Yeah. And that's, like I said, I wasn't ready. I, yeah. Because, I mean, why, I don't, I, I don't like blame you guys for living, <laughs> like having your own life. Right. But, I always think of the consequences that what you guys did had on me because like Brayden left. I was too young to really understand. Then the rest of you guys kind of left and now mom and dad are kind of, or yeah, I feel like they're kind of clinging onto me for the last bit of like, yeah, I don't know. Not the, not the last bit of like power that they have over a child. That's not what I'm saying. But like the last bit of, but a little bit, <laughs> a little, a little bit. But like the last bit of parenting that they have left to do. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like now they are figuring out how to be a parent, 
because of past experiences because people always say like i had no idea what i was doing when i was a parent i was just figuring things out as yeah. i went on and like now, now that they're just it. figuring out how to do it because they had five other people to yeah try on they're doing it with me they're doing everything with me and i feel like because they're doing things right with me it doesn't it doesn't seem like my issues or my problems are real hmm. uh, from the point of view of you guys because I you guys had each other but I don't but I have mom and dad which is good it's awesome to have them but it's just those like I don't know the brotherly problems that you will have yeah. in a lifetime that I can't really I would much prefer not to go to dad to have. Right. It's like having a brother. You have the brothers, but yeah. they're just so much older than you that they don't really yeah, they've, know how to relate to you anymore. They've, yeah, they've gone past those problems. They've figured them out. They don't, they don't know how to explain them, which I don't blame them for. You can't explain anything that you do. Mm-hmm. But they've gone, through their, they've gone through those exact problems or something similar, and they feel like yeah you'll figure it out you can you'll do it but i mean a lot of times it's just the little things that are different that make it harder or easier like it might not even be the exact problem that makes it harder it could just be the the background that i have when coming up to the problem because i feel like i don't know when brayden did it he Kind of because me and him were talking about um, him leaving the church. I don't know when this was, but me and him were talking about when he was leaving the church. He felt like he always had siblings to kind of lean on, and he was helping Canyon and or Jasmine Mm kind of grow up. So he was kind of in the middle of both of us, but he at the same time he had both of our problems too. So he kind of understands both of us. Yeah, Braden's been in a really unique spot being the middle. Both of, yeah. Because yeah. he, him and I were super close because he was my first brother. Mm-hmm. And then he, him and Canyon are super close because they're just really close in age. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's close with the, our sisters because they're also just close in age. Like, he's just in a really unique spot. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I had jasmine on the podcast not that long ago and i told her i feel like she's the sibling that i know the least yeah because i just have nothing in common with her and i'm like seven years older than her Mm -hmm. i'm just barely getting to know canyon i'm 11 years older than him and dude i teased the hell out of him when we were kids (laughs) to the point of like tears and he was screaming like i hate you yeah and and then i moved away got married whatever came back and when I was, came back, he was like barely 17 mm-hmm. or something, 18 maybe. And it's just like the age gap is hard. Like it's hard to connect with somebody who's so much younger than you. But yeah. now I'm just, now he's getting older. Now it's a lot easier because we can have intellectual conversations. Yeah. And it's the same with you. Like I just don't really know what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could just, I could go go-karting with you all the time. I could come home and play Minecraft or you know, Nerf guns or whatever, I, I try. Yeah. But I only have, like, such a limited amount of time, and I'm, like, spreading it between all the 
like my job, my girlfriend, my life, my cats, my other siblings. Mm -hmm. And so I hear you, like I hear you like calling out for attention. Like you want connection. You want to connect with your siblings the way that we all connected with each other. Yeah. And it feels like your problems just aren't that big because, you know, we all have these other big problems and, mm-hmm. and everybody else is dealing with their own thing. And you're like, hey, like, what about me? Like, I'm over yeah. here, like, so young and, like, eager to learn stuff and hang out with you guys, but you all are ignoring me. Like, you feel, probably feel like you have no voice. <laughs> yeah, because at, when, by the time I was growing up, well, still am, obviously, but, like, by the time I was going through, like, the, like the main kind of deep things that you guys all went through you guys were already grown up and so what do you I, mean like because everyone goes through those certain those certain things i don't know what they are but they go through th- they go like through puberty? certain things kind of but like it's those certain things to build your personality yeah like, like the those, pivotal moments yeah yeah the pivotal moments that like shape your character uh-huh. and who you are but while i was going through that all of you guys were going through adulthood and like real problems. So I yeah. felt like all of my pivotal moment, like just basic childhood stuff, everything that I was going through was being compared to adult stuff. And it, I just had no, yeah. no way to yeah. compare. I could see that. And I it's had like, well, no, wait till you get older and you have real problems. I had nothing to, yeah, I had, <laughs> I had nothing to contribute to the conversation because you guys right. were saying like, Oh, I had such a such a hard day at work today. I did whatever, and I oh, I I had this person do this to me, and I yeah, I dude, that's exactly how know. it feels on the other end too. Like just not knowing what to say, not knowing yeah, how to just, contribute to the conversation. Like yeah. the things that you, the problems that you have, mm-hmm. they're so valid, mm-hmm. and they're they're the biggest problems that you ever had up to this point. Yeah. Um. Sometimes I'll be sitting there or or whatever we're doing and i'm like i just i don't know what to say mm-hmm. about like fortnite or minecraft or what or about how mom is being to you yeah or dad and how dad's treating you I, I don't know what to say yeah and i try to i try to keep that in mind i try to understand that you guys are older you've already gone through that and it's it, it often can get like jumbled up in like other types or other stages of childhood yeah because like in like the good place that that one show on netflix yeah she sees a girl or no her mom raised a girl like the right way Mm -hmm. when she was raised by that same mom but wasn't very good Hmm. or who wasn't raised very good by that same mom and so she doesn't feel like she's she was worth changing for Oh, and she doesn't know how to interact with a kid because she had such a different life. And I feel like that's a lot of the time, a lot of what yeah. all of the sibling, all of our, all of me and the siblings are going through, going through. Because you just don't have the same types of problems. Or yeah, going. because when all of you guys were growing up, it was at the same, sort of the same time period. Mm-hmm. Like you... Kaylin and Brayden, or yeah, yeah, you, Kaylin and Brayden were kind of just like a group of yeah, 
kids. It's the same generation. Yeah, same same generation, same... Like, my mom and dad have completely different personalities now, it feels like. Yeah, same... You guys grew up dealing with the same personality of parents. Yeah. But then Braden kind of left the church... Or Jazz left the house, and then it was just me and Canyon. And then Braden comes home from his mission early and then starts the kind of change in the family mm-hmm. and he kind of changed how mom and dad act and they didn't know how to act at that point right and i feel like that's why you and canyon or i'm not 100 percent sure if you guys did but that's why you guys had a hard time leaving the church is because mom and dad were already i don't want to say resenting but kind of upset that Braden had yeah. left the church yeah we and, had a we already had a blueprint for how they would act yeah, yeah, you guys already knew. Yeah. But then when, by the time I come around, I am either staying in the church, staying strong to what dad and all of them think, which is cool. Like, it would be awesome to stay in the church and stay strong and grow up right, air quotes. Right. But, I mean... I don't know. Sometimes I just want to see what you guys are doing. What, how, why, why you guys did what you did, and yeah. I want to know why you made the choices that you did. Yeah, and I don't know, because. Well, yeah. I think the only way to do that is just to talk about it. Just ask, or and, and yeah. like whenever we're around, or whenever. I mean, I can make more of an effort to come over and talk to you i mean yeah, i'm then text I don't, away <laughs> i don't want to be like eager and like hey let's do something and then go d- make canyon happen all over again make him just like never want to be with me just like attached to me just like i want some alone time i don't want mm. i don't want that to happen with all of you guys i don't want you guys to get sick of me well i mean and, yeah you like, gotta like it can't be like a daily thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. That's why I text you like whenever I'm listening to the podcast. Like something I love stands it, out to me. I love it. And if it ever comes across that way, like you've got five others, five <laughs> other siblings. Like if I ever get tired. Yeah. Um, but I mean. There's something to learn from everyone. Yeah. And be eager. Who cares? You guys. So? So you guys are all I have. <laughs> Yeah, but like if there's something that you want to know, I I think that you should just ask. Yeah. That's what I do. Uh, but I get it. I get how it's hard. And I understand that, you know, you want to keep the relationship like good. You don't want yeah. to make anybody mad. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just like a phase. Kenya needs a lot of alone time. Yeah, that's, yeah. And... Um, I'm not sure if that's, um, because like, be, like, because you teased him like that, or I'm not sure if that's just how he, what his sense of humor is like, because that's, it, you blame, I feel like you blame yourself for Canyon teasing me a lot because, yep. <laughs> yeah, just because you teased him and he teases me. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not like you never teased anyone else. Dude, I've I mean, spent a lot of like, time apologizing because... to every sibling <laughs> for all the teasing that yeah, I did. Yeah, but just because you teased Canyon a lot doesn't mean that that's the only reason why Well, I know. I know that it's why. not like... I can't take all the blame. 
Yeah. But, you know, I still feel bad just for teasing him. And just like the, it's just like the look on his face from when I was teasing him so yeah. hard and how that like just stays with me. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just wanted, I wanted to apologize to him. Yeah. And he's also like, you and him are the closest in age, you mm-hmm. and Canyon. So you spend a lot of time together. You know each other the most. Well, you and Kaylin are like 14 months apart, aren't you? Well, what I'm saying is that the person you're closest to in age is Canyon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you guys hung out all the time, and mm-hmm. he just barely moved out of the house. He's tw- He just barely turned 21. He's doing his thing. Yeah. It's just like what, what you do when you're that age. You want to be... Yeah. He's just trying to figure out who he is, and I it's nothing like... against you. He's just, like, stoked to be out of the house. Yeah, and he's not he's not doing that anymore. It was just when we lived together and right. everything like that, but... He, uh, how do I describe it? I feel like because I I don't know. I feel like Canyon has gone through kind of the worst of his ye, like teenage. Obviously, he's not a teenager anymore, but I feel like he's not like that anymore because I, I remember vaguely Brayden kind of being like that too mm-hmm. like kind of being the rebellious teen like how all of them are us I guess I'm a teenager now too it doesn't feel like it still whatever mm-hmm. um, but I remember everyone else being a rebellious teen also or whenever I was alive I remember them being a rebellious teen and it's like what everyone does right but now I feel like no matter what I do I just get the same reaction is what I always do is because right like nothing is changing yeah 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 and you don't want to do any more damage like push anybody else further away mm-hmm. yeah I hear that yeah yeah it's a valid concern yeah I mean you don't want to be that that like annoying younger brother teenager who's just like hey take me places teach me stuff yeah and I feel like that's how I always am that might just be anxiety again Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should mention it every time I feel like that's what it is, but I feel like that's like how it is I, what it is. that's how my, I feel like that's how my mindset goes because once upon a time I was the annoying younger brother that would be dragged along with the older brother or that would be forced along with the older brother by the parents. Mm-hmm. And so naturally as the older brother was a rebellious teen, they didn't they kind of grew apart from their parents and then subconsciously they grew apart from the youngest sibling also who's forced to be dragged along with them yeah because even if it wasn't their fault it was still they were a part of the equation they were a part of why it was annoying to that was it was right yeah i hear what you're saying part of why it was it might not have actually been your fault but you were still there yeah i was still. i was still a part of why it might like yeah i hear what you're saying i wasn't the one like sure i wanted to go along to spend time with my siblings but it was at the wrong time yeah because i i don't know you guys had already like gone through that and i was just now going through it and then you wanted to be you wanted to find out who you were and every time that I wanted to find out who I was in the family I would always just get pushed away so naturally I feel like the outcast of the family mm. by 
everyone but mom and dad. And that's, I feel like, the opposite for you guys again. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Because when, yeah, just when I was doing all the stuff that you guys had already figured out and done, uh, I didn't know who to go to. Right. Well, I'm really sorry, dude. I, I didn't know it felt that way. I never had thought about it before. Yeah. I think I'm just, I just got so wrapped up in my, you know, life and being busy. And that's another thing. I don't want to take you or take my siblings from their life just so I can get some, like, meaningful Right. It's kind of, be, it's, you're kind of in a hard place where, yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to, because if I ask for what I need, then there's a very high chance that I'm just going to get, just have, just get denied and just say, no, go away, find someone else to do it. But I, I don't know. I'm not used to doing that. Yeah, true. I'm not like, well, I mean, the first step is just talking about it, like making it like I wasn't even aware. So I think it's good to, that, that I know now, like I can be yeah. more aware and think about it more and try and think about what I could do, set aside some time to, you know, for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But <laughs> again, that's another thing. I don't want you to feel obligated. Well, you can't like, tell me that you want it and tell me that you, you're not going <laughs> to accept it if I offer. Well, no, I'm just telling you <laughs> what my situation was like when I was younger. I don't feel like that now yeah all all of what i'm saying or most at least of what i'm saying is what i felt like when i was younger because i'm just diving into like my younger childhood feelings that i would have when it was actually like that because now i'm getting older and i can almost drive legally alone in the car and i kind of understand where like what you guys talk about and kind of like I feel like a lot of it's a lot of it will change like once you have your own money once you have your own car once you have you know a little bit of freedom and flexibility and independence yeah once I have your guys's experiences that you guys well no just like when you're a kid it's just so hard because I either have to when I take you out I either have to pay for you and most my life I've been just broke yeah or (laughs) have mom pay for you so it's always going to cost something Mm -hmm. and then I don't really know what to talk about and it's just it's just hard to hang out with with kids mm-hmm. yeah so once you're like become an adult or get a little older and have some freedom and flexibility we're totally going to hang out more yeah i cuz we'll have more in common and like more interests yeah that's yeah yeah that's a it's lot it's like of being the it's like being it's like trying to be friends and hang out with i don't know i'm trying to think of a funny analogy but i can't it's just <laughs> it's just really hard for adults and kids to like hang out and like be buds and mm-hmm. be like homies. Yeah. Even if you're family. Um, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. That's just how it feels. But I feel like once for sure, like once you're out of the house mm-hmm. and have, you know, money in a car and things and, and you're like an adult and have yeah more just flexibility and freedom, it will be way easier to hang out. I feel like the reason why, or one of the reasons why I'm so good with kids, or a lot of people say that I'm good with kids, is because that sure it's I'm closer to an age, I'm a closer age than to them than I am with a lot of other people. But mm-hmm. it might just be because like I that's when I 
had everything put together, that's when I had the most support from everyone around me. Mm. And that's where I'm most comfortable. That age that the kids are at Mm. is when I'm most comfortable at being. And so deep down, I can go into my inner five-year-old or like that. And since it's still, since it's not like, what, 20 years away from you, yeah, I can still like tap into that inner five-year-old and I can yeah, act like a kid and still have fun with it instead of it just being like... That never really goes away though. Thing. It's still so fun as an adult. <laughs> you just don't, you want to do it not with kids. You know, like you want to go be true. a kid at Lake Powell and like <laughs> go wakeboarding, wake surfing, play yeah, you wanna, King of the Hill on the floaty. <laughs> you want to be a kid and do the things that you wanted to do as a kid that were never safe enough for you as a kid. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta pee. Well, I we we could probably just end this. I I have to actually go. Oh, we can end soon. it here too. Okay, sounds good. But thanks for coming on the pod, dude. I <laughs> it's really intense hearing about all your stuff. It's it's sad. Like I I feel bad, but I I want to try and work on it and be different and hang out more. Mm-hmm. I yeah yeah I that's another thing. I'm always nervous about coming to people about my things because they. <laughs> have grown-up things to talk about and they have important things to talk about and i just yeah i don't know i mean still i feel yeah. like you guys have more experience I get that. and you do but <sighs> i don't know yeah well it's okay man it's okay to have problems and to want to talk about them even if they're different from other people's or or they seem like they're less mm-hmm. it's still okay yeah you can text me with your problems anytime I love how you've been texting me about the podcast and what you get from it. Yeah, love every that. Monday, send you a quote that I like from it. Yeah, or if I because I release these every quote. Sunday. Every Sunday, go to work at the artifacts on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Bye, everybody. <laughs>